Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Saturday morning for you. It's a little gray out there, but artists, lights are chiping in my heart is full of spring. <laughs> Good morning. It's New York Vinny here with you for another edition of Drive Time Radio. We thank you so much for coming along for uh, the ride on our Saturday morning show, which we absolutely um, love to do. We're here every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 talking about cars. Now, today is Earth Day. I was at the first Earth Day. I mean, I was there. Union Square, April 22nd, 1970. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was um, one of the MCs. Yeah, I know you might not believe it. 13 year olds, 13 years old, and they had me out on stage making announcements and doing. I mean, I caught the show business bug early. You know, it wasn't like this isn't something that happened when I turned 21 and said, oh, what do I want to do with my life? Um, but I was at, you know, I used to hang out down the village and I was at the first Earth Day. And it was, um, you know, I don't know that anybody ever realized the impact that it would have uh, on the world the day that uh, they decided that that. We had to do something about uh, the pollution and everything that was hanging over the cities and over the country and over everything. I mean, I, you know, you go back to 1970, and this place was a mess. You couldn't swim in the Hudson River. Uh, you couldn't. Uh, you, you went out to Rockaway Beach and you jumped in the water. Uh, which is one of the local beaches in New York, and it smelled like jet fuel. Every time a bus took off from a bus stop, black clouds would go into the air, and the particulates from those black clouds would go into your young lungs. And, uh, I mean, it got so bad that there were, there were cities and there were places in this country and around the world that you couldn't see in the daytime. Uh, the people died from uh, the smog and the pollution and everything that went on. And people had finally said, listen, we had enough. I mean, here's how crazy it was. Uh, uh, President Nixon, who was no friend of the hippies uh, or the, um, uh, you know, the people who are uh, the environmentalists, actually was the biggest friend of the environmentalists because Richard M. Nixon uh, the uh, person that we, uh, you know, that, that we up until recently, at least, um, you know, look at as the worst president of all time and uh, did all of this stuff. One of the things that he did was create the Environmental Protection Agency. Before 1970, there was no EPA. Industry called the shots. They dumped what they wanted to dump in rivers. Uh, gas is, um, you, you know, gasoline had lead in it, and you were breathing that stuff in all the time. And there were just so many things that were going on, uh, automotive-related. Let's not even talk about in industry, but talk about just automotive-related horror stories uh, that were going on. And, and it was... 
a very different world. People did not value things like trees and streams and spotted owls. And I know we make, we make fun of that kind of stuff these days, but there was a time when you kind of actually wondered how long this earth was going to last. Now, I know we still do that, but at least there is a concerted effort out there by many people to make things better, to live life more conscious of the earth uh, in what we, in everything we do. And a big part of what Americans do is drive. I mean, we wouldn't have a show if that weren't true. But a big part of what America is all about are cars and mobility and getting from one place to the other. And I, you know, you, you can't have, well, many people thought that both of those couldn't coexist, that you couldn't be environmentally conscious and have cars, personal modes of transportation that would take you from here to there. You had to do it with trains. You had to do it like they did it in Europe, uh, where, you know, the, you had these these really big and um, uh, efficient train systems and transit systems that got people where they needed to go. Well, you know, this is America, and we weren't going to do what the Europeans were doing. What do they know? We're America. So everybody went out and bought a car. And... It is, uh, you know, it's come now to a point where the pollution from the cars, you have to do something about it. Yeah, you have to do something about it. Whether you are for electric cars or again electric cars, the cold stone facts of continuing to have a world where people can breathe is that you can have the cars um but you can also have a consciousness of what is going on environmentally you can save the trees and save uh, the planet and still have personal mobility systems and that is what we are looking at uh today a little bit um and not only in the fact that uh, we, we are we are we'll be talking predominantly about two electric cars today, but we'll also give you a quick timeline of what this country has done in the last uh, you know since 1970 about eliminating pollution eliminating for the automotive industry's part. And believe you me, they've done a lot. Cars today, and I'm not talking about electric cars now, I'm just talking about regular gasoline engine cars today are 99%, and this is according to the EPA, 99% cleaner for common pollutants hydrocarbons, carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxide, and particle emissions than the cars in 1970. 99% cleaner, uh, your average 2022 model. 
A big part of that was in 1970, uh, the EPA began to phase out lead in gasoline. That's right. When you would go and buy gasoline, uh, lead was a major component of the additives that were put in the gasoline so that your engine wouldn't knock. And they had to come up with alternatives to that. Um, Leaded gasoline took a slow curve down to where in 1995 it was banned altogether. Can't have lead in gasoline. As a result of that, levels of lead in the air decreased by 94% between 1980 and 1999. Now you think about that. The kids that live today uh, that were born, uh, you know, my daughter was born in 1992. I have probably breathed in 50 times the lead that she has uh, has in her life. Uh, Nathan being born a little bit even younger than that, uh, Nathan who is younger than that, is um, probably has considerably less lead in his body. And, and as we know from lead paint and all of that kind of stuff that we used to use lead for, it's a dangerous metal. Look, if Superman can't see through it, it's dangerous, kids. <laughs> and that was the thing, you know, Superman couldn't see through lead. It was the one thing he, his x-ray vision. Anyway, uh, I'm going, of course, here. Uh, but but the, the advances, what we have seen in both the auto manufacturer's commitment to reducing emissions and the government's edict. You know, for all the people that want to say, well, you know, what does the government do? That's one of the things the government has done and has done well. And I know, again, sometimes it's easy just to blow it off and say, well, you know, it, uh, it's, it's no big thing, really. It's no, it's nothing really. I mean, you know, what, what does the government do? But the government has, has taken the lead in this. The government, Richard Nixon, realized that there was a problem and that he had to do something. That this earth would not survive uh, billowing smoke coming out of smokestacks, billowing smoke coming out of cars. Now, when you drive down the street and you see a car emitting smoke, it's a rare thing. Everybody points to it. Everybody looks at it. Everybody wants to know what's wrong. When I was growing up, you had three or four of those things stopped at a stoplight every time you stopped. I mean, it was like, you know, <coughs> you know, and between that and smoking, uh, I, I couldn't even begin to have a count of how many lives have been saved. And there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the internet, a lot of places you can go to learn more about this. Uh, with the number of cars and trucks that have increased and still continue to increase in this country, the Clean Air Act of 1970 um, has really... I think saved so many lives in this country and still allowed us our personal freedom of getting into a car 
and driving. New, since the Clean Act was passed, Clean Air Act, I should say, was passed, new passenger vehicles are 99% cleaner from most tailpipe pollutants compared to the 1960s. Fuels are much cleaner. Lead has been eliminated. Sulfur levels are more than 90% lower than they were prior to regulation. United States cities have much improved air quality. Despite so many more cars on the road, so many more people um, traveling more in these cars. The cities have expanded. Many people have moved out of the cities and into the suburbs, and there's just so much movement that has been on. Those people have been replaced by other people in the cities who drive older cars. Standards have sparked technology and innovation from industry. Look at this whole thing that's going on now with electric cars. Why? Because the car companies sense that that is what you, the people, want. Yes, there is still uh, the people who drive uh, the big pickup trucks and uh, don't care about the diesel exhaust. They think it's a sign of manhood uh, to hit the gas and make a big black cloud of smoke up on Aurora Avenue or something like that on a Friday night. But the reality is they're killing themselves. I never understood that, how, how, how people would get into a, a, a diesel pickup truck like that and hit the gas and put the big, they're the ones that are breathing it in. You're not hurting anybody but yourself. So anyway, uh, and that continues. As I say, we sit in now a uh, an incredible area of innovation and technology, electric cars, are unbelievable in uh, the advances that are being made. We will, uh, in this show, uh, spend some time talking to uh, Jared Polat from Genesis USA, who I had the pleasure of uh, taking a ride with in a new GV80 um, SUV, all-electric SUV. This past week, I went to uh, Mudfest, the Northwest Automotive Press Association event that is held every year, except when we have a pandemic, but held every year and is um, a place where we uh, try to determine what the best car for Northwest people is. What is the what is the, the best car you can drive in several categories, luxury SUVs, um, uh, just regular plain family SUVs, had a chance to drive some great cars over the past couple of days out at the Alder, uh, Alderbrook Resort uh, and uh, the track there down in Shelton. We had it set up for off-road. We had it set up on a track. And there were just some great, great cars, uh, not just electric cars. As a matter of fact, we only had the first, and I didn't realize this, but we this year we had the first all-electric car entered in the competitions, competition has been going on like 28 years. And this was the first time that we saw uh, an all-electric vehicle, a Genesis, uh, in that competition. And it was a pleasure 
to drive. And it seems like it will do whatever you want it to do. Another great car that had an electric uh, component to it was the, the Jeep Wrangler 4XE. Part electric, part gasoline. So you don't have the feeling like, oh, I'm going to run out of gas, uh, run out of uh, electric in the in, on a mountain somewhere. You have a gasoline engine; it'll take you off the mountain, but cuts down pollution, uh, gives you a chance to make a statement that I am doing something about the environment, and that's what today is all about—to educate you and let you know what you can do and you know it's it's easy to say well just go out and buy an electric car go out and drop 50 grand and buy an electric car and one of the things that the automakers are going to have to do if they want to sustain is they are going to have to come out with more affordable electric vehicles two things they got to do they got to come out with more affordable electric vehicles and they got to fix the charging infrastructure that has to be so that you feel like it's as easy for you to charge your car up as it is to fill it up with gasoline. And when they accomplish that, then we will see. Tesla had the right idea with that. I mean, I hate to you know give props to uh, Elon Musk, but the reality is is that he had the right idea. Not only do you have to supply the cars, but you have to take charge of supplying uh, the power to those cars as well. And listen, it's the way it was done in uh, the uh, uh, the early part of the last century where oil companies and car companies got bed with each other and, and um, uh, you know, came up with, uh, you know, different gas stations and programs and this and that. Well, the same thing's going to happen now. Electrify America and ChargePoint and all these different companies are going to at some point have to get on the same page so that we have a standardized system of recharging your car. And that is, to me, the biggest obstacle. The second biggest obstacle is price. Um, I've been shopping for an electric car for a friend of mine, trying to get him into one, and the prices are a lot. A lot. Right now, you're, you're probably, if you find an electric car that's under $40,000, you're doing pretty good. You're doing an, an excellent job. Now, we ran into one that uh, I was very impressed with over this last week, uh, uh, the Mitsubishi. We did, it, uh, we did a drive time on it. I don't know, last year we drove it. We were one of the first people to drive this car. But the Mitsubishi Outlander EV, where you get uh, 40 miles of range, which takes you around the neighborhood, then has the gas engine when you got to go over to Spokane or got to go here or got to go there, it'll take care of that for you. A very impressive vehicle, extremely impressive vehicle. And I know you think to yourself, Mitsubishi, but sometimes with these electric vehicles, you have to throw out your preconceived thoughts and look at it from a fresh perspective. And I think that um, uh, Mitsubishi is going to be a huge player in that space of affordable electric SUV. We'll see how it pans out. But the one I drove this weekend, which uh, this last week, which was, I think, the same one that I originally drove a few months ago, 
was quite an impressive vehicle. And I got into it not really thinking, oh, this is going, you know, it's a Mitsubishi, da 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 da. No, no, no. Change, change your thinking. This is a car worth looking at. Um, the Genesis GV60, uh, which was the first vehicle to jump into um, the, uh, the, the Noapa Mudfest as an all-electric vehicle, is another spectacular vehicle. I've sung the praises of Genesis uh, a long time. It's a spectacular vehicle, no matter which one you buy. It's the vehicle that saved Tiger Woods' life. Uh, that's the one he had the accident in, and if it hadn't been the crash zones, the crumple zones in that vehicle, uh, it might have been a very different story for Tiger Woods uh, when he had that accident, uh, was it, two years ago, uh, coming from the golf tournament. But, you know, that car saved his life. And Genesis doesn't like to talk about that, but they do like to talk about Hit, uh, the um, the oncoming vehicles uh, or the vehicles that they have coming up that are really spectacular. We'll talk to Jared Pollitt from uh, Genesis in just uh, a few minutes. Let's, of course, check in with our good friend and producer, Nathan, to uh, see how he is doing because it wouldn't be a Saturday morning if we didn't find out what's going on in Nathan's life. Nathan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Doing well. <laughs> good, good, pal. Sorry that uh, we couldn't get you down to Mudfest, but next year, man, I think you ought to join the association and come on down and drive these cars. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. And who wouldn't want to drive a Rolls Royce through, you know, and, uh, dirty every- mud? Well, actually, yeah, if you register, everybody drives the Rolls Royce. What ah. an experience, man. Um, just, on, just on the idea of driving a $475,000 car through mud alone. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have a hard enough time just driving it down a road that has a little bit of sand on it for traction during the wintertime. Well, I felt bad for the guy, uh, the the rep from Rolls-Royce. I want to feel bad about a a rep from Rolls-Royce, but I guess they had ordered uh, those uh, rubber mats for the Rolls Royce to mm-hmm. come in so that they could put them in there so the carpets wouldn't get trashed, but the mats didn't get there. Oh. Now, I would have ran out to AutoZone or something like that and gotten something, but it wasn't too bad on the first day where everything was on the track and on asphalt. But, boy, that second day when you're going through the mud, I mean, I felt bad. I thought he should have told everybody to take their shoes off before they got in the thing or something. <laughs> but it was really, I mean, it was, uh, it was hairy. It was uh, a, a very, um, you know, there was a lot of dirt on the car, a lot of dirt in the car. It's going to take the detailers. I feel bad for uh, Robert and the guys at, uh, at page one, uh, the people who detail these cars, because they're going to have their work cut out for them. With that uh, that Rolls Royce, I'm sure they're probably listening and working today, going, "Oh man, I, you know, we're working all weekend to get this thing back into shape." But I am going to request them to bring it back up here, Nathan, so that 
I have this idea. I want to do it. I've, I, I've done it once before, and I thought it was a great thing to do, and I want to do it again. I want to do our show, and we'll set this up somehow so that you can, whether I bring it over there or uh, so that you can participate, but I want to do our show from the back seat of the Rolls Royce. I think that that bringing the show, I mean, we always bring the cars to the show, it would be nice to bring the show to the cars every once in a while. And the Rolls Royce is the perfect car to do it with. Absolutely. It'll be the, the top end of radio shows there. Well, you know, KKN, we're, we're trying to put every weekend, we're trying to put KKNW on the map. Uh, we're, we're trying to do a little something that people around town says, you, you see what they're doing over at KKNW, that crazy guy. <laughs> you see what he's doing? So hopefully that uh, the, the people there appreciate that, and uh, or at least don't uh, don't come in and run in the studio and say, "Take that guy off the air, get rid of that guy." <laughs> I wouldn't do that uh, to you. Thank you, I appreciate that. So uh, Nathan, you're doing okay. Your car's doing okay. Life is good. Yeah, just going with the flow. Nothing, nothing better. Nothing worse. Just going steady. It's it's good to be Nathan, right? Yeah, it's good to be a lot of people. So take your pick. <laughs> well, Nathan, I know that about this time every week you want to ask me a question, don't you? Oh, every day, every week. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, I am, uh, you know, in keeping in step with uh, Earth Day, and everything. I am driving a pretty nifty electrical vehicle, electric vehicle. I am uh, driving the Kia EV6 GT. Now, the Kia is uh, is going all in on electric. Uh, the uh, EV6 is their, um, I, I guess you'd want to call it mid-sized family car. Uh, it's a spectacularly technical car. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, but yet not so technical that you don't recognize what the heck is going on in the car. But it's a, uh, a roomy, very well-appointed electric vehicle. It gives you about 240 miles in range when you, of range, when you, uh, you know, ride it with the air conditioning off and, you know, the to its optimum. Uh, it is probably more realistic in the 200-mile range. It's probably a more realistic number for this car. But it is a sharp-looking car. It gets looks uh, wherever you go. I went over to Botanical Garden over at UW last night, parked it in the parking lot. And it was funny because there was another one there, but it wasn't the GT. And I saw the people that owned the GT, that owned the other one that wasn't the GT. Um looking at it and checking it out. And it was kind of cute to see them, uh, you know, checking the car out. This this one I, I'm driving is Fire Engine. Not Fire Engine Red. It's a more of a muted motor, almost like a Cougar Red. And it's um, a Crimson, really. And uh, it, it's just a, a, a fun car to get acquainted with, a fun car uh, to drive, a quiet car, because it's a bit of a bigger car. It has a nice stability to it, a nice ride to it. Uh, these cars, these electric cars, all seem to ride bigger than they are. 
Uh, I guess that's the weight of the battery or whatever in there. But it's really, everything is aerodynamically designed. There's lights all over the place. There's great styling touches. It has Recaro-type seats uh, that support you. No massaging seats, but, you know, it's an electric vehicle. You, you massage your seats, you're going to have a lot less range. So maybe it's better you go to the massage place, get your massage, and then drive your car away, and you have further less worry about going and plugging the car in. But I, I just got the car yesterday because I was away. So we're going to drive it. Keep an eye on Yo Vinny. What are you driving this week? Because we'll be posting updates uh, about the car and what we're driving and where we're driving it. So I think that that's something that uh, I'm very excited about. One of the other things I was really excited about was uh, the chance to drive the Rolls-Royce Cullinan. What a spectacular vehicle this is. As I said, $475,000 worth of vehicle, and we drive it through mud. Let's take a look at my ride in uh, the um, in the Rolls-Royce. Let's get that, uh, see if we can get that in there. Okay, here we go, kids. As promised, a live ride in the Rolls-Royce Cullinan SUV here on D-La Mudfest. We're going to take it quickly around the Mudfest course, which I think will be a lot of fun, but just look inside this thing. I mean, this is a pure white interior. You can see the all black dashboard. You can see the, um, just the, the, the beauty, the absolute beauty of this thing. Except I can't seem to get the damn seat right for some reason. All right. I think we got things working right now. All right, let's take the... Rolls-Royce Cullinan for a, uh, a bit of a drive. I have to warn you that this is hand-stitched, hand-fitted with a little blue-lit lady on the hood. This car just has luxury at every turn. And as I said in uh, on Facebook earlier today, you can't find... Another car that's, uh, I'm lucky that I get to ride this thing around, uh, around town and, or, well, not around town. Uh, I am going to talk to them about trying to do one of our Saturday morning drive time shows from this vehicle. I mean, it's just, uh, everybody should ride in one of these once. And I would love to take one across country. I mean, if I had, if you said to me, Vinny, what? New York and, and drive it back to Seattle. I think you could uh, see some interesting things and make some interesting friends along the way. I tried to do that last year with Corvette, but we just couldn't seem to pull it together. But maybe this year will be a little bit different. I don't know if Rolls Royce will give me a car to go across country. I doubt that. But I don't know. I'd like to drive something groovy across the United States. Something that you could stop in 
places and people would talk to you about it. People would say, that's, that's a great car. And uh, that was the idea about taking the Corvette was that, you know, you, you, you go to a burger place on a Thursday or Friday night or even a Wednesday night or Saturday night, and people are going to talk to you about it. It's a, a great um, maker of friends. You know, people see these cars and they look and they just go, my God, that's an incredible car. Where did you get that? And you tell them the story behind it. It's, uh, you know, people don't usually believe me. I tell them, well, you know, every week for 30 weeks, uh, for 30 years, I've been getting a brand new car delivered to my doorstep. But it's true. <laughs> hey, go figure. You know, I must have helped. Uh, as, as I always say to my friends, I must have helped the right old lady across the street when I was in the Boy Scouts uh, to, to have the honor and uh, the fun of being able to do this. So anyway, this car, now we're going through some mud. M-U-D-D -D, mud. And this thing is uh, actually holding it pretty well. I'm actually kind of surprised. There's a little clicking noise in the front, near the uh, left front tire. But listen, let's face it. People have been abusing this car today. Uh, you know, trying to see how fast they can make it go through mud and this and that. I'm, I'm not going to drive like that. This is, a, this is a luxury car. This is a beautiful machine, although it can take it. I mean, uh, you know, we've taken this thing up and down the slopes here in some of the well-constructed off-road um, facilities that they have here at the Ridge Motorsports Park. And I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, if there was a $450,000 car that I think was going to be able to take you as far off-road as you want to go, this would be it. And then right under that, I mean, I'd go with the, uh, the Land Rover and then the Hummer, uh, which, again, is, uh, you know, is, is one of those cars that's designed to take you off-road. So... Unfortunately, there's not a Hummer here this year. I thought that uh, General Motors would have a Hummer here, but unfortunately, they, they did not. I mean, they didn't have one. Or they didn't, I don't know why they didn't bring it up, but they did not have a Hummer for us to uh, hum with. <laughs> uh, this is just, this is a dream, man. This is just like sitting... This is like sitting in the lobby of a luxury hotel, you know, and you're just sitting there and, and everybody looks good and smells good and, you know, you just, everybody's drink is perfect. Everybody's, uh, you know, smoking a good cigar or, you know, or I don't know, just doing the things you do when you have a lot of money and you can go out and afford one of these cars. Right, that means that something's Yep, some warning things are going off, but Alright, this is where we do the three wheel chop. This is designed to mud fed We lost sound in the video, so uh, we'll we'll cut it there, but that was uh 
a good portion of our ride through the Mudfest course uh, in the Rolls Royce. I don't know how exciting that was for you or not, but uh, uh, I wanted to make sure that we uh, got it in. All right, next up, we have the Lexus, uh, excuse me, the Genesis uh, GV80, which was a uh, spectacular electric vehicle. Uh, and uh, we got a chance to uh, take a ride with uh, a, a, a gentleman who has um, who can tell us a little bit more about Genesis and so about what they're doing. History making car. Um, this is the first electric that has been brought to Mudfest. So, Jared from Genesis, congratulations for making a little bit of uh, Nawapa history today. I'm very glad to be here, and I'm very glad to be here in a great EV. Yeah, this is really, and listen, I've chatted up uh, Genesis EVs before. I love them. I think what you guys are doing as a company is uh, is taking the lead on a lot of things over companies that have been established much longer. And although we know Genesis is a part of uh, Hyundai, uh, it's still the electric car thing. I think is new for a lot of people, and you, uh, your your company is. Once they get a few more dealers, because that's the only complaint I really hear about from people is they need to have some more dealers. Other than that, anybody that drives one of these things or I take for a ride in one, yeah, loves the car. So, would wouldn't you believe it? In only eleven months, we have introduced three all-electric models. So last year. At around this time, in May, we launched GV60, which is our small electric crossover. Then, at the end of the summer, we launched the electrified G80, our executive sedan. And then, um, just about a month ago, we launched this model, the electrified GV70. So in, in 11 months, we've launched three EVs. This one, we're very proud, is, is built right here in the United States of America. It's the first Genesis model to be assembled in America. And um, we're, we're moving full steam ahead at Genesis. You mentioned the retailers. Right. Um, we are working really hard to get our network of standalone retail facilities open nationwide. So already we have five stores that have opened across the country. We're probably going to get to about 50 by the end of this year, and we currently have over 100 that are in various phases of development. So, um, making a lot of progress. How, how hard was it corporate-wise, or even just as, as people that work for the company and, and, and put out a new car, but how hard was it for you guys to, you know, literally break off from Hyundai and you know, because the name was associated with Hyundai, it, it must have been a bit tough to leave them and take still a model name of them and start your own luxury brand. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, building a brand is not an easy thing to do no. at all, but it's a really exciting thing to do. So I've I've worked my entire career with Hyundai Motor Group, and and you know I've. I've had the fortune of getting to establish this great new brand, Genesis, uh, first in Canada and now in the United States. And um, what an adventure we're on, you know, being able to, you know, for all the challenges that we face, you know, creating brand awareness, introducing people to Genesis, you know, a lot of people, when you're new, don't know who you are. So we have to work really hard to get those eyeballs on our brand. Um, 
but it's so rewarding when you see one drive down the road or, or you know when you hear feedback from customers saying man what a hidden gem I really love my my GV80 or or my my G70 and and um, you know we've quickly grown a very passionate fan base last year in 2022 we sold over 50,000 units in the United States for the very first time. Just over 56,000 wow. for the first time. So, so we are, we are growing quite rapidly, and um, it's 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 really exciting. Uh, amazing, considering the, the whole pandemic situation. When you when you think about all of that that was going on, uh, that's uh, I mean that's quite an accomplishment. What what? If one of my listeners called me up and said, Vinny, what makes this Genesis uh, you're always talking about so much different than anything else I'm going to buy? Well, what would you tell them? Yeah, it's it's a great question. So Genesis is, is many things, but the one thing that really sets us apart is we are a distinctly Korean luxury brand. Now, what does that mean to be Korean? Korean culture teaches us many things. It teaches us, you know, to be humble and and to be very detail-oriented. But, you know, Korea is also a very design-oriented type of place. So um, our designs are very bold, very progressive. I mean, our cars look like nothing else that's out there on the road today. We have amazing technologies, great safety. But more than all of that, Korean culture teaches us to treat people with the utmost respect. And so we're really trying to create um, a customer experience for people who come into our brand like none other. And, and I really hope, especially with this great new network of standalone facilities that we're building, with our, our brand experience center, Genesis House, uh, in New York City, and, and and all the other great activities that we're doing, that people who come into contact with the Genesis brand really feel like what we call sonim, or honored guests. Right, and, and that's what miss, what's missing, I think, from the car business. Now, it's a little better at the luxury end, but, I, I mean, it's just such, you feel dishonored. Even if you know everything about cars, you go into some dealers, and especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything, you, you almost have a situation where you feel like you're doing them a favor just walking into their store. Yeah. And, you know, or they think they're doing you a favor by, oh, I have this car I'm going to sell you. Uh, and, and people long for, I think, I mean, I know, you know, younger people that I know, when you tell them about the way service used to be, the way people were treated when they were, you know, back in the 60s and the 70s, there's a, there's a certain hunger, certain want for that. It's, it's almost like the Nordstrom's type thing that people want, want to feel like somebody cares about them. And my experiences with Genesis and talking to the dealers that I have is that you get that feeling that people care about uh, the customer and the car um, at a level that endears people to the to the brand to the mark I mean that that's the whole point is you know delivering a great experience the products are really good but 
But these days in the auto industry, everyone is making really great products. So how do you stand apart? Um, you know, we want to make sure that, that people really feel comfortable interacting with our brand, that people love, you know, coming to Genesis. And, and I hope, I know it, it, it's not perfect every time and, and we're on a journey to, to really create this great experience and, you know, slow and steady, one step at a, at a time, we're, we're perfecting that experience. But um, I really hope that when people come to Genesis, they really do feel that Korean hospitality and and they feel like we're taking care of them. Yeah, I think that's something that, uh, I mean, you, you got to have a good product. You have to have a good car, but the emphasis that you guys put on service, the emphasis that you put on the whole experience, uh, it, it, I, I liken it to uh, making somebody feel like they're a family, yeah. uh, a member of the family that you, you're selling. It's not just a friends and family discount. It's a whole thing where you're, you know, you're, you're making them feel good about their purchase because the worst thing in the world, somebody goes out and buys a sixty, seventy thousand dollar car and they feel bad about it. Yeah. Not no. supposed to be like that. Yeah, well, we didn't get a chance to talk about a lot of technical stuff, but you know what? Maybe what we'll do is have you on the show sometime as a guest, and we can again, and we can we can delve into some more of the uh, what's coming up for Genesis and uh, and the design and stuff like that. Um, as I always say to my people, great car, everything works perfectly in a car, even when it uh, you know even when you don't think it's gonna, it does, and. Um, great um there's a connection between the driver and the road in this car that you it, that is harder to find these days so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that and thank you for coming out to mudfest that is uh, jared Pilot of genesis and again uh genesis is just uh for my money one of the brands that uh uh, to keep an eye on uh, if you're if you're looking in that luxury space, if you want something more than just a Hyundai, the Korean car makers, Genesis, Hyundai, and uh, Kia. I mean, it's all really part of one company, but they really have the electric stuff down pretty good. There's a, a really amazing. Uh, I mean, they've just put so much into this in their development and so on and so forth that they seem to be, when you get in one of these cars, it seems to be eons ahead of uh, anything else that you uh, that you see out there. So it's pretty, pretty amazing uh, how far they have uh, come with these particular cars. It's, uh, again, as I say, you now uh, look at these cars and... Uh, you know what what used to be extraordinary is more and more becoming normal all right it is drive time radio i'm new york Vinny. thank you so much for uh being with us i know i always thank you a lot for being with us but i really appreciate nathan does too and um all of us here at drive time radio really appreciate uh you stopping by and spending some time with us on a on a saturday morning uh we do our little cartoon every Saturday morning. And I thought that it would be, this would be an appropriate time uh, because it's Earth Day and we're celebrating 
the environmental betterment of automobiles and trucks and cars to uh, go back to a song that I believe we may even have played last Earth Day, but maybe it'll become a consistent hymn of uh, appreciation for electric cars by a band called They Might Be Giants. Here is Electric Car. Take a ride with me. There you go. They might be giants. An electric car. That's our little uh, electric car tribute here on uh, the Saturday morning cartoon uh, that we do every Saturday morning. We just crank one up for you. We try to give you a different one every week. Sometimes we repeat, but I think in three years of doing this, I think maybe two or three times we've repeated. Otherwise, we find new ones every uh, every week to present to you. Thanks so much uh, for that. I want to give you a quick reminder that uh, if you are looking for things for your business to give out, cups, T-shirts, uh, uh, tchotchkes, as they're popularly called, um, stuff that, uh, you know, that you hand out to people uh, in your business or that you use to uh, as advertising incentives, advertising specialties, I want you to call my friend George Jackson. Uh, he's on Facebook. You can find him at George Jackson um, Advertising Specialties, uh, and uh, he handles all of that stuff. He, he, Believe you me, he can get you anything. You name it. If you need it for your business, George Jackson can get it for you. And again, he's on Facebook at George Jackson Advertising Specialties. And he is a guy that uh, has supported this show uh, from the start. He is a good, uh, solid guy who, when he says, uh, I got uh, 10,000 tchotchkes for you, they'll be there Monday. They're there on Monday. That's the kind of guy George is. He doesn't fool around. He's conscious of his business, and he does a nice job. So, again, if you want to, uh, if you have a business, you're thinking about getting, or maybe you have a, a party coming up, a wedding or something like that, you need those uh, matchbook. I don't know. People give out matchbook covers at weddings anymore. Or the, um, we gave out almonds at one of my weddings, like little sacks of almonds and sunglasses we gave out, too. I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember much else about that wedding, but I remember that we gave out sunglasses. Everybody in the wedding picture had the whole room had sunglasses on. Ah, when I was young and crazy. But uh, yeah, please uh, see George if you need any kind of uh, advertising specialties. Again, he's on Facebook at George Jackson uh, Advertising Specialties, and he'll be happy to uh, handle your business. All right, next week, we will uh, announce the winners of Mudfest. We'll have John Vincent with us, who is the uh, past president of NOAPA, uh, to uh, tell you uh, and tell us all exactly who won, because we do pick winners out of uh, these uh, different uh, vehicles and uh, there's a number of categories that uh, people win, luxury SUV, uh, three-row SUV, two-row SUV. And um, I think that uh, if you listen to this show, you'll probably have heard uh, some good stuff about some of the vehicles that could come in near the very top of the vote by uh, a number of journalists here in the Northwest. Uh, it's uh, fun to do this. Always a lot of fun to uh, to go to this event and see people from the manufacturers 
and everything. So we'll have that for you next week. If you want to follow me, please, on Twitter, it's at N-Y-V-I-N-N-I-E. You can follow me on Instagram, the same thing, and on Facebook. And also, don't forget, Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? I'll give you a look at, and we'll get pictures of the EV6 up there, uh, GT, pretty quick. That'll wrap it up for another edition of Drive Time Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Nathan, uh, Jared, and everybody else that made the show work this morning. We always appreciate it. And we will catch up with you next week. Uh, at the same time, if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a good week.